being our own authority in this sense is going to be understanding our relationship with time and money and really looking at them both and having radical responsibility for the ways that we, you know, maybe aren't always being super responsible with how we spend our time and money and not, you know, playing the ostrich game, putting our head in the sand, and just hoping it all works out. Nope, we are empowered. We are cosmic baddies. We are the revolutionaries. We are the future. I need us all feeling financially sovereign. I need us all feeling owning of our timelines and managing our time well so we can also enjoy our time. And I need us all getting fat stacks of cash money and being those rich bitch witches we're here to be. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Hello, baddies, and welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Rx Radio. I'm your girl, your host, your guide, your cosmic consultant, Maddie Murphy. And hello, we are here with one of our solo coaching episodes. So grab a pen and paper. It's just you and me. And we're going to be talking about some cosmic coaching using the Wheel of the Zodiac to tap into a tool, a technique, something that can help transform your life from the inside out so you can step into the highest, hottest, most abundant, most aligned, most badass version of yourself. I'm going to jump right into it today. It's Capricorn season. Time is money. And that's going to be what we're going to be talking about, time and money. So in Capricorn season, it's the beginning. It's Capricorn is the sign that bridges the Gregorian calendar world, you know, the 2021 to 2022. So it's no surprise that Capricorn really has us reflecting on the past. Capricorn rules karma and tradition and what came before us, but it also is helping show us where we're going because Capricorn is also about building and leading and climbing up the next mountaintop. So it kind of makes sense this time of year. And Capricorn loves, loves, loves when we get our shit together. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, super efficient. It's super ambitious goal-oriented, just kind of like naturally born to be successful, knows how to make things work. And of course, in a larger sense than that, Capricorn is really the sign about integrity and wholeness and doing things from a place of, yeah, doing things the right way for the right reasons and really like putting your money where your mouth is, being who you say you are and just kind of putting your head down and, and doing work. And I, I love it. It's also a very spiritual sign. It's a sea goat. Capricorn is very psychic. Capricorn also is leather daddy. Capricorn is sexy. Don't you ever, ever call Capricorn boring in my presence. I will, mm, I don't know what I'll do. I'll do something to you. So in honor of that today, we're gonna be talking about some mindset tips, just some practical life magic tools to start getting us thinking in that Capricorn way, how do we utilize, use, and take advantage of these Capricorn gifts to set ourselves up for success for the year ahead? So I wanted to talk about some coaching about time and money, because those are 
two things that we always think we don't have enough of, which is it's no coincidence that Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, which makes us always feel like we don't have enough. Saturn can kind of put this pressure on us or even be associated with like a lack energy. So time and money, two resources that are very important. Time is our only non-renewable resource. My friend Colin always says, and money is, you know, the thing that makes the world go round. We still use it. So we still have a really, it's really important to us. There's obviously been some very twisted things, power dynamics, just unhealthy, bad juju around money. So I hope that these tips today can just help us reclaim our power and how we think about time and money and take full authority, full accountability for ourselves, which again is very Capricorn, right? It's being your own zaddy, being your own boss. I was thinking about like talking about this episode, like how to be your own authority in life. And I was like Googling it and like, I like to just get inspiration and see what other thought leaders are doing out there and reference them. And like literally how to be your own authority is all about like all these results came up for like truck drivers. And I guess being your own authority is what they call, you know, when you own your own truck and you get to make your own money. I don't know why. I thought that was fucking amazing. And, and so I was like laughing. I was like, yeah, being your own authority. Cool. You guys are doing it. Good, good for you. So being our own authority in this sense is going to be understanding our relationship with time and money and really looking at them both and having radical responsibility for the ways that we, you know, maybe aren't always being super responsible with how we spend our time and money and not, you know, playing the ostrich game, putting our head in the sand, just hoping it all works out. Nope, we are empowered. We are cosmic baddies. We are the revolutionaries. We are the future. I need us all feeling financially sovereign. I need us all feeling owning of our timelines and managing our time well so we can also enjoy our time. And I need us all getting fat stacks of cash money and being those rich bitch witches we're here to be. Thank you to Carissa Harris, one of our cosmic coaches who created a rich bitch money mantra that I am loving. So let's talk about how to do that. So the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to kind of split this into two segments. I'm going to talk about time at the end, just three or four things that I've learned about from someone who definitely did not have great time management skills. Thank you, undiagnosed ADHD and other so on so forth reasons. Some of the things that I've learned that have really helped me manage my time. Before I get into that from the money component, I'm not a money expert. You know, I'm learning right here with you, but it is one of my intentions. It has been for the last few years to take better care of my money, to practice financial self-care, just like how you have self-care for every other area of your life. Financial self-care is really important because your money is, you know, it's your value. It's what you work hard for. And how you treat your money is also a reflection of how you're treating yourself in some way. In 2020, I was like, I want to, you know, take better care of my money, learn more about it. I've really enjoyed the journey. It's been difficult at times, obviously. And then this year, especially with the beginning of the year, with Venus retrograde and Capricorn, I'm looking to take that to the next level. I think I have some fun people to introduce you to on the podcast that I've been talking to that are amazing, like visionaries and experts in this field. But I wanted to share some tips from someone who knows better than I do about some financial self-care. There's this group, Elvest, and I heard them on a podcast with the Financial Feminist, you know, do my Capricorn homework, listening to my every literally zodiac season, I listen to different like podcasts. So. <laughs> 
you know, they talk about financial self-care, how important it is and financial wellness, everything I just mentioned. And of course, it's like the coolest thing about financial self-care is like, yes, it's owning yourself. It's looking at everything, every part of you, but by owning your money and looking at it, it feels like you make more room to make more money, right? And realize your value and realize your worth. I think maybe, maybe not all of us, but I'm guessing a lot of us grew up with complicated relationships to money in our family. Either there was not enough or money wasn't talked about or it was extreme like hoarding of money or the disdain of money. I don't know, but money is a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky bedfellow. We, we have a weird relationship with it. So I feel like part of our generation is we're learning to dismantle a lot of that and just look right at it. And there's also a huge moment where like this is information has been so much so much more accessible a lot of that gatekeeping we know the financial industry is obviously run by you know old white cisgendered straight men in banks and it's really beautiful to see all these different financial experts and teachers coming out who are bipoc queer looking at things through a feminist lens looking at things through you know people with different coming different walks of life people who are just Going through life and yes, wanting to make money and save money, but not wanting to invest, but not having to do it in um, those traditional channels and not gatekeeping that information. So without further ado, I'm just going to run through some of this list, especially the things that stood out to me. And I had my own list, but I, I liked after hearing them on the podcast, I wanted to just kind of give them a shout out. So the first thing and why I'm, instead of doing my own list, the first way they started this list was my fucking favorite. So the first thing says, buy yourself the fresh flowers or the fucking latte. You know how we do. And I guess part of Elvest and this woman, Tori, from Financial Feminist, is they're really trying to dismantle that whole myth, uh, cut that party line that, especially from the kind of boomer generation of like, well, you know, if you millennials hadn't buy so much avocado toast and lattes, you could buy a house. And you're like, really? really, Fred? Or is it because you guys caved the housing market, college tuition has exponentially spiked in the last 20 years, interest rates are skyrocketing, while uh, wages and salaries are just crawling up there percentage-wise, and also you're not leaving your houses, and we have nowhere to go or buy. So it's like, mm, there's just some things like, I don't think, you know, buying yourself a coffee here or there is really like, going to be your financial downfall. That being said, and I will say I, during COVID, I learned to make my own coffee more as like a resident New Yorker who like grabbing a morning latte, which is part of my routine. And it did save some money. And I put that money into something that was just like something else fun I wanted to buy as a splurge. But basically the moral of the story is if there's things that bring you joy in your everyday, you don't have to live a life of like being a Spartan or you do anything to buy, to bring yourself joy. And you definitely don't have to feel guilt that because you buy yourself fresh flowers. Like this is why, you know, you deserve to not have financial security. All right. So I love that dismantling of that first myth. And the second one is definitely a no brainer. Number two, check your bank account balances. This was like something I think I wish I had just done more in my twenties. I think I had such a like stress about the balances that I just wouldn't check them. And then I read some crazy statistic of how many women don't check their bank account, their checking account. And this was in my late 20s. And I was like, oh my God, I got to just start checking. And it's one of those weird things that a lot of anxieties or a lot of things you put off. 
when you actually do it, it's like actually takes away the anxiety instead of feeding it. It's like instead of having this like ambient haze of stress at all times, you just know when you know something, you know it. You know what you're working with. And it's also that thing of it actually helps you make more money and save more money because you just know what's going on, right? Like getting friendly with your money. It's all good. Like you want to have a connection with it. You want to know your shit, know what's going on there. So doing that. Number three, look for trends in your spending last month. So again, Tori from The Financial Feminist talks about this thing on her podcast that's like setting up a money date where it's once a month, you you carve out a date in your calendar, get some nice takeout, treat yourself, vibes, light a candle, make it sexy. And you look over, yeah, your financial statements and your credit card and your checking account and you start going through and just making sure everything adds up. Because first of all, I don't know how many of you have checked, but or you know, do this often. The first thing is, Sometimes there's just mistakes on there. There's duplicate charges. There's accidental charges. There obviously could be theft or fraud. So you want to know about that, definitely. And then also, you just want to see like, what am I spending? What are my trends? And a big thing with this Venus retrograde in particular is asking ourselves like, you know, who do I want to be? Where do I want to go? What are my core values? And am I spending my money in a way that's in alignment? with who I am, who I want to be? Am I investing in the future I want to live in? And am I spending in a way that's in alignment with my core values? And the only way you can really know that is tracking your money and and looking at it, which is like anything in life, right? Like we don't really notice what we're doing until we look at some like data and we look at some trends. So for instance, you know, if you are trying to be more eco-conscious and you notice that, oops, you had a lot of like fast fashion purchases just kind of snug up on you here or there. Like, okay, time to shift that. Or maybe you're spending money in like larger retailers that aren't in alignment with your values. And like, how can I shift that? Or maybe, you know, you're spending a lot of money on takeout when you're like, actually, like I could just make, I, I could just make food at home where I, I want to do that anyway. Um, and damn, I didn't realize how much I spent on that last month. So now I have like a lot of incentive. <laughs> just noticing, 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 no judgment, just observing, which then kind of leads to the next point, which is like finding and canceling recurring charges for things that you aren't using, right? That's really big. We all have like, there's so many subscription services and streaming services and things, and some things are just like small and some things are a little bigger, but just going through and decluttering that, mixing that out, it feels really good. And like, you're just seeing what you're not using anymore, what you like kind of forgot you had, or again, checking for duplicates. One of my friends had like two of the same streaming services being charged on her account. Anyway, it's like not funny, but I was like, what? So then the next, you know, way to practice financial self-care they recommend is set some money and career intentions. And I loved hearing them say this. this is why I was like a fan of them. And they say, write them down and prioritize them put them somewhere you'll see them daily on your desk or even in your wallet, which you know, you know, this is my language and some intentions, you know, writing out anything, financial intentions could be anything from how you want to feel like I'm abundant. I am like financially free. Like I'm so happy that I am free. I don't like saying debt in my affirmations because I don't want to like put that word into my consciousness, but you can put like, you know, something like one of your intentions is to get out of debt and then make your affirmation, I am financially free. You can also get very clear with your intentions, very 
exact. I love writing out the sentence, I make XYZ dollars a month by doing ABC. Like just make it that simple. Written out, you can write out multiple of them if you have multiple income streams. And putting that somewhere you can see it or just, you know, by March of 2022, you know, I have XYZ saved up. So obviously they recommend going further with that and journaling of like how those financial goals connect to your core values, which just helps to make the goals less abstract and gives you more clarity. It also gets you more excited, attaches more emotions to that. Because the other side of money for a lot of people can be like, we can feel weirdly like unattached to it. Where like we don't want to be you know obsessed with money, we're, or we're kind of taught to be like avoidant around money, and it's like Mm-mm. money is right now <laughs> the currency in which we use to be able to like move through the world and make an impact and, and make a change. So connecting your intentions to your values to your visions again makes it much bigger, brings it to life. Okay, so I think that one of the next I want to skip over. They have thirty one things here. One of the other financial self-care tips that I loved was save on autopilot. I love, there's so many great banking products that allow you just to like round up every purchase, save the change. I love that. It's like Acorn, Digit does this. I, I started using Digit a few years ago and every once in a while it's like, oh, you have XYZ dollars in your rainy day account. And I'm like, oh damn, like that's amazing. Next financial self-care tip is just learning to get clear with and being comfortable in your nose, right? Saturn, Capricorn, all about boundaries, just being okay with saying no and knowing that you might have to say no to some of those like quick impulse, you know, like the Instagram ads that pop up or maybe like friends invited you out for dinner. You're like, oh, that always kind of racks up and I'm not even like super invested in going to dinner. Maybe just be like, hey, can I meet you for drinks after or something? Just knowing that part of this is going to be having boundaries with yourself too, right? Okay, so another financial self-care tip that I loved on here is, let's be real here, asking for a raise. I love this because there are so many good resources on this website, like scripts. And I found, oh my goodness, I'll have to like repost them on TikTok. I found this woman and she just like literally walks you through like exactly how to counter, you know, how to get the salary you want in a new job, how to increase, ask for a raise. And especially, you know, as women, the numbers are just there. Obviously, we know we already have a salary gap, we have a wage gap. And then we, I feel like, just don't ask for as much as men. Or we're just okay with where we're at. The damn curse of gratitude sometimes. And we're just like, oh, we're just happy to be here. Or I don't want to make anyone comfortable. Chances are your job values you very much. We know it's a tough place right now for employers. Employees, we are, you know, we have a lot of, people have a lot of power here. And we all know it, it pays to keep good people on your team. It pays to keep them happy and keep them there. We know it's very expensive to like hire new people. So go for it, make a plan, ask for the meeting, rehearse your pitch, stick to it. Again, look at LVEST for some great resources on that. And then another thing they had on here, which I love in terms of work, if you work in a corporate America, it also says use your PTO. Use that paid time off, honey, please. In terms of time and money, like get yours. You're not going to get an award. No one's going to care if you don't use that. Like you got to use it, all right? It's paid time off. It's already factored in. Please, for the love of God, take your vacation days. Okay, and then they talk about opening a bank account to save for a specific goal. And 
They talked about like having different things you're saving for. One is an emergency slush fund. And if you're in the spot where you can start saving, that's where you want to save for like at least three months of your lifestyle, of your core like bills and needs in case something, you know, God forbid happened to you or that money can be used for like medical emergencies, you know, emergencies with your pet, something in your house, something with your car. And then you want to have an account that you're putting money away into for something that's like short term, but a big goal, you know, your dream bucket list trip or something you're, you know, wanting to buy yourself that's, I don't know, maybe a little luxurious or just something to be excited to, you know, have that money set aside for. Maybe it's like, I don't know what, a wedding fund or a baby fund or just something that's like something you kind of see in the, like the short term and you want to have that extra financial padding for and something that's also like short term enough that you're excited when you put that money in there because you really see it. Then the other financial self-care tip is to open a high yield savings account. And this is for you know longer, for, for saving for the big things. I've heard Chime is really good. It's a saving account that can help you earn over eight times more. Like if you have, you're saving up, you're putting money aside for more of like your big, big stuff, a house or just your future or another, like something that you're doing way down the road, you're not going to touch it for a while. You want to have your money work for you, right? And then of course, like, you know what? I know a lot of you baddies out there, you're young, you're hot, you're wild and free. But we do got to think about retirement. If you have a company, you know, 401k, great. See if you can up the, you know, what you're contributing to it. If you have something like a Roth IRA, if you don't, you can open one up through like M1 Finance is a great group. But like you want to have somewhere where you can be thinking about your future. Like, again, we want to be sovereign, independent, badass, fucking mystical witches and weirdos and not having to change or, you know, modify our lives, our plans, our our authenticity or anything about us because of, you know, like lack of financial planning in our future. And I know it's hard. It's like an abstract concept, especially when you're just trying to, you know, paycheck to paycheck right now. But Tori from the Financial Feminist really talked about like, if whatever you can put in there a month is better. It's better than nothing. You don't have to start off with like $10,000. You don't have to, again, that's a lot of that old like money bullshit. A lot of that's old. We're, we're getting rid of that. This is just about like putting in what you can, putting like $20 in. Like I saw her, one of her TikToks was like, on my way to put $20 in my high yield savings account. And thinking about, you know, naming your older self, naming the version of you that's, you know, 70, 80, 90, and looking at them and being like, wow, what is the life I want for them? How do I want them to feel? Where do I want them to live? And getting excited that you get to put money towards that and help them be that version of themselves. And then my last financial self-care tip is just something like, let's also put our money, you know, where our heart is, again, back to align with their values, figuring out something that you can donate to, some charity, a mutual aid group, community organization, Again, even a small amount makes a big difference. It's also, it is a tax write-off, obviously, at the end of the year. So there's that. Might as well give our money to groups that need it and people that need it in our community, right? Versus the government. But I think that there is something really beautiful about like showing up and taking care of others and being like, wow, the more money I get and the more wealth I get to create for myself, the more I get to do for people around me. The universe loves that and it feels good. There's so many other things we talk about. We could talk about investing, all that. I'm not an expert, but 
I do have some people coming on the podcast who can shed some more light on that and make it more accessible. And how I just want to end out this podcast right now is just talking about time. Okay. Time is such a weird freaking thing. Like I said before, it's our only non-renewable resource. And it's something that can just like slip right through our fingers. And time is weird. Obviously, in the last two years, we've really realized time is kind of a made-up construct. And like time speeds up, time slows down. We don't really understand it. Like, you know, 10 minutes of doing something we hate is lifetimes. 10 minutes of doing something we love is at the blink of an eye. But truly, like, when you learn to live in respect of your time, I feel like your life exponentially enhances for the better. And all I'm going to say about time here is that using like a Pomodoro method has helped me with my managing my own time. So basically it goes something like you work for 25 minutes, set a timer, it's named Pomodoro because of those like tomato timers. And then you take like a 10 minute break or something, five minute break. And you work in chunks like that. First of all, in terms of someone who works for themselves or anyone who just like, we're not really meant to work all day at the same pace and figuring out like how you block out your time. Likewise, I block my time by things that are similar in the bandwidth and the capacities needed for my brain. So, you know, I'll do all my bills in one sitting. Then I'll try and do all my writing in one sitting. I'll do my podcasts in one sitting. Stopping and starting tasks is like hitting a cue ball of pool balls in your brain. It's just like too many things in different directions. So set yourself up for success. Practice something like the Pomodoro method. See how it goes. Practice time blocking with your tasks. And with time management, I always say start with the big tasks. Start with like three biggest tasks, three big rocks first. The ones that are going to take the most time, the most bandwidth, the things that you're kind of either dreading or putting off the most because it just feels really good to get them done. And then you feel productive, you feel clear. And when you feel clear, then the rest of the stuff comes easier versus if you do the small, easy stuff first, sometimes it's like that thing in the background is draining your energy or you like have anxiety about it. So I would say do the three big rocks first and then kind of see from there, like, and just in that same vein, when it comes to your time, be realistic with like how much you can get done. That's probably one of the biggest mistakes that I used to make with managing my time is I said way too much going on on my to-do list on a calendar for a day, like not even humanly possible. So those are just some like practical tips, but I'm going to leave you with a magical tip because that's how we roll here. One of my teachers, when I was studying shamanic medicine, we were talking a lot about time and this concept of time and as a, as a construct, but also how beautiful it is. And, you know, we were talking about, you can really work with time. You know, when we're resisting time and we think we don't have enough time we're running out, whether this is like being stuck in traffic, running late, or whether it's in our lifetime, we think we haven't done something on the right timeline. It's like we're working against it, we're gripping it harder. And like anything in life, when you're resisting it and you're bringing that negative energy to it, of course, it's not going to work with you. You're just creating that. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. So, shifting your narrative, shifting your mindset, shifting your relationship with time is really extraordinary. So, I just want you to practice the affirmation. Time is always working in my favor. Time is always working in my favor. This spell, this, I don't even want to call it a mantra. This spell is fucking powerful. It has shifted like time, like moving an ocean around me. I'm like, whoa, I feel like currents changing. 
I mean, I have, for any of you in New York, I have been stuck in traffic going from like straight up Lower East Side to like Hell's Kitchen and like so much traffic you wouldn't believe. And I had to get across town. It was like 20 minutes. I was like, I'm never going to make it. And, um, you know, just use that mantra. Got there. It was not late. to the thing I had to go to. I've also used it in moments of life where I do doubt my timeline or I get impatient or I get you know, in my head about something. And just it like, I feel it shift around me like the most, it's like a tangible shift in the air around me because yeah, time is just a lot about our relationship to it. So time is always working in my favor. That is what I'm going to leave you with. Let me know how you like the episode. Let me know what you want in future episodes. You can come find me at the Cosmic RX on my personal Instagram at I am Addie Murphy. And in the meantime, I'm sending you lots of love, lots of stardust your way. See you next week. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you Cosmic Baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.